to have these strong boundaries about how you want it to be, no matter what, is very powerful. It shows your strength. And I think that's what I want too, like in the sense of my life and my death, no matter when that is or what it is. But these are my boundaries. (laughs) These are my rules. And this is how I'm going to get through this. And it's my way of living. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. On the show? <laughs> We're on the show. We're on this. How, it's do, all we, how do we share this? Uh, uh, I do not know how you share while you're on. I have no idea. Okay. No worries. Yeah. Well, I do know that we share after and it's all good. Yes. It's so inspiring. I want to do this junior too. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I can't wait to see your show happening and you having conversations because I know we're going to have an awesome one today. Hey, by the way. It has been far too long and I have like seriously been so excited to see you on the other side of the screen. Yes. I just wish big hugs and like, ah, I just, you know, you posted yesterday that photo and I was like, oh, I remember that. And I just remember the time we had together. That had to be the last time we actually spent time in the same place. Yes, that's true, actually. Yes, there was Santa Monica in this hotel. My mom sends her love. She was. Oh, I love her. She's awesome. (laughs) Huge love back. I was going to say the same throughout. So I'm glad you just put that in there right now. (laughs) How how is your mom doing? Is she doing good? Everybody's doing good. Yes. Okay, good. So everybody taking good care. They're on a routine. We have a routine because we are full lockdown here in Germany. So there's a full routine for everybody to stay healthy. (laughs) Uh, Look, having had the dreaded virus, I had it for five and a half weeks. It was hideous. I couldn't get out of bed. I lost all sense of smell, taste. It was, you know, I couldn't breathe. I literally didn't know if I was going to survive. And my thinking was I was totally isolated because, of course, Ethan my son, who is a vulnerable, you know, person of vulnerability. And so I just literally isolated totally from the rest of the family, but I could hear the sounds of family. And I, like they said, you've got to get to hospital. And I just wouldn't go because if I was going to die, I figured I wanted to die listening to my family and having that And if there was any thought of survival would be listening to that and Mm. seeing water and just being absolutely, that being my focus rather than stuck in a room with noises and, you know, we're going to talk about journeys. I think that's, that's a huge part of your, you've been on a huge journey. Firstly, welcome to anyone that is, you know, on here now and then on the replay. These are conversations that I get to have every day this month. I just sent this, you know, I saw it last year that everyone was thinking that the turn of the year, it's all going to be different. We're not going to be facing all these. And I just thought that is so not true unless you're willing to do something different. And for me, 
what I was willing to do to make sure there is some sort of shift forward, keep moving forward, mm -hmm. is to have these conversations with different people every day. And the reason is that I really truly believe there is a need for the new approach to leadership. And I'm really interested to see how we look through that through different lenses, because I think it's less telling and more what are the lenses we're using, the questions we're asking and the people we're having at those tables and the thinking that we start having differently than we had maybe last year or the year before or ever, right? And so that's why I think everyone that's been on here so far this year has been from a different story, a different journey. But I think that's really important. And I know you've been on a journey. So fill us in a little. <laughs> fill us in a little. Well, I mean, I had also like a really hard experience two years ago. Yeah. I had a perforated appendix and I it was misdiagnosed by my doctor. <laughs> it was the flu, she said. Oh, and then tattoo ta ta, I went into the hospital, but that was okay. It was a camera operation, wasn't a big deal. It was, you know, I was fighting, but it wasn't like really hard. And then I went home after three days or four days. And then the battle started, and I didn't mm -hmm. know how I was battling. <laughs> yeah. I studied nutrition, I know what to eat. And I was wasting away. And my family was like, are you depressed? What's wrong with you? And I couldn't move. I was on the couch. And so I didn't know what the hell was going on with me. So there's this thing that happened where, you, where I lost not having a trust in your body or in your mind. Wow. Things were happening to you and you didn't know, you know what's going on. And mm. uh, while well, it was going on for three or four weeks, I and can I just can I just press in on that one? Yeah. You, from what I remember of the past, you were a very controlled person in a lot of ways, right? Yes. So let's let's put a bit of perspective on this. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, you're feeling your body out of control. That's doing things that, hey, I had that control before. What's happening? So yeah, continue. I think this is so interesting. Well, it's interesting in the sense of a leader because. Mm. I I used to be this hardcore businesswoman. Uh -huh. Boom, money, 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 supporting people, <laughs> loving sales, loving launching. Loving and by the way, you were a killer at being that person too. <laughs> <by the way. laughs> but I loved it. And here I was like wasting weight. I didn't know what was wrong with me. So there was like, it was a wake up call. Yeah. And thank God I developed a fever. I was over 38.4 and then I wasn't feeling well. And I was like, you know what? I have to go back to that hospital where I went. Well, and they found this huge two abscesses. They were like five centimeter types. Crazy, crazy. In my body. And then they went in there with a, with a uh, they were shooting into my abdomen. And then all the green and yellow shit came out of me. But that was only one app. Mm. So yeah. I'm visual. So I'm just visualizing this right now. Yeah. And it's not a pleasant feel. Listen, I've never had anything like this. I've never had an operation wow. like this. So yeah. because I've been always healthy and this was like, what is this? I have no, yeah. control, you know, 
And it was fascinating because also I love the new paradigm of women leadership. Mm. I was lying in the CT. There was one woman, she was an emergency surgeon. She was holding my pain medication. There was one woman sitting on me who was shooting into me. And there was another nurse who was giving the shooter attention. So I had three women. And we all did not know if this is going to work or not because they had a huge wow. And so she was putting the needle in, finding the right spot, and it worked. And it was like the silence. Mm. And boom, it worked. And it, I was so thankful for these women, you know, that they were all there and they were celebrating with me that all the shit came out without an operation. But then I went upstairs and then the real battle began because then mm -hmm. there was sepsis going on. And yeah, and then I collapsed. And I remember my dad sitting with me and holding my hand because I couldn't do anything. I was nothing. Wow. I was like you lying in the bed, couldn't do anything, you know? Mm. And I had to let go, let go and let God kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I couldn't yeah. push, I couldn't. Yeah, it was really an interesting experience. Scary, but interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, so tell me, why was it so scary for you? I know for me, it was like, there's just, it's totally out of my control. I don't even know. Like, honestly, I wasn't even wanting to go to sleep in case that was the last time I woke up. And I just wanted to take everything. I don't know about you, but I wanted to take everything in. I wanted to to make sure I'd message people I loved throughout that time. I was messaging so many people and just caring for people and going, hey, I really love you and I, I've loved, you know, like it's. And then I was thinking if I was to make it through the night, mm -hmm. what would I get excited about that I can still do because I know my work isn't finished here? And I began dreaming what that could look like. Mm. I love what that. about that? What was that like for you, though? Well, the brain gets pretty much muddled through the whole process mm. because the bacteria are flowing around you. And so, you know, even three weeks before, I was like totally out of it, kind of. You like get confused, you're tired, and yeah, it's weird. So I had like crazy trips <laughs> without <laughs> drugs. <laughs> And I was going out of my body. I was flying. Wow. <laughs> but the scary moments that I had, though, was where I had to let really go was, like, I would tell the nurse, I feel like I'm going to die. And I said it twice to different mm -hmm. nurses. And they couldn't help because they didn't even, I mean, they would call me contaminated, but they wouldn't call it sepsis. Because Ooh, it was, isn't that you know, nice? I'm contaminated. Yeah, we do a lot of work on that. And it wasn't their fault. Wow really they don't really have protocols here yet in germany yeah so it's like i was a contaminated one and then I hey, was by the way i have to do a shout out bill baron is saying wow oh. two of my favorites together there we go oh, bill. we love you bill love you <laughs> well so the thing was that the nurse said she can't help me because i can't tell her my symptoms mm. And that was an interesting thought. Like, damn, man, I can't even communicate. <laughs> I need help. And I've never had this in my life. <laughs> you know, and this has happened twice. So I was trying to convince people that something's really off. And 
So they did uh, different antibiotics. I got the bombs, you know, they were IV every four hours, like crazy stuff. And, mm. But it worked. I mean, I came through. I mean, I wouldn't sit here. <laughs> uh, and so glad. And how healthy do you look? You look amazing, by the way. Yeah, so I came out with one abscess still in me. And yeah. I was like, oh, man, this thing can rupture any time. Then I have to have another operation. A mindfuck from that, yeah? Yeah, of course. And no one tells you what to do when you had sepsis or that you have yeah. sepsis syndrome, which, you know, you have panic attacks or you have tiredness or fatigue and all this. No one talks to you about it because no one knows. No one's educated. So I did routines. I had to place healthy routines in my life. And I've been living by them. And thank God, yeah. I, you know, and so, yeah, I want to bring this out in the world. So this happened to me, the sepsis thing. And now I realized so many people are dying of sepsis and so many people have sepsis. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. It's like 50 million a year have sepsis. Huge. Huge. 11 million die a year. I mean, that's only in a hospital setting. The rest you don't, you know, so there's a lot of things that need to be done, especially the education of the medical system. I mean, the doctors mm. and the nurses. Some do know, and, and a lot of them don't. Right. Yeah. And the time thing, you know, it's like time. If you don't get the right antibiotics in time, you're done. Yeah. Don't you think this is, and this is that whole conversation that I really believe is the need for a new approach to leadership, that what has worked in the past hasn't, you know, there are parts that continue to keep working, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of, as we become more educated, we realize there is a lot more need to actually do things differently. And in the way of what you're saying here, how do you think we can do that better? Like, how can we have more education around this? How can we, those that are survivors, how do they become from surviving to thriving? Like, what does that look like? In leadership well i think the whole thing that's happening with the pandemic or with corona is that we all have to become more human or are oh, I love that. more human right mm. so the normal marketing sales bullshit out there is not working anymore it yeah. does leadership that's old and crusty and shitty is <laughs> No one has respect for that anymore because we all kind of get locked up or we are, you know, have the sickness or have this or have that. So we are confined and we have to sit with ourselves, with our emotions, and we become more real through that. And I think that realness needs to reflect the leadership and there yeah. needs to be vulnerability in leadership. You know what I mean? Like I do, but here's the thing. So I'm having these conversations and people are going, wow, you're talking about all these things like and going down these rabbit holes that a lot of people won't stand up and talk. Can I tell you that we often don't get many comments in things because even though I'm willing to do this, mm. there is this norm of we don't say it in a public platform because if we do, someone might say, wow, why are you saying this? Or you know, this is going against the grain of what others are thinking. All that crusty leadership you talk about, mm -hmm. like it's really hard when 
there's like zillions going that way, but you know that maybe this way is going to be more beneficial. And even though a lot of those zillions want to go that way, it's really hard to be maybe that first person that leads the way or only a few people leading the way. How do we do that and be more vulnerable but not get lost in all the problems and the challenges and the, you know, like we're not saying that so much or mm -hmm. are we? Mm -hmm. Well, I think though the whole corona or leadership or whatever, the whole thing that's happening right now is we are all re-stimulated, meaning yeah. all our emotions are up. We are all raw, right? Yeah. So all our shit is up. Sorry that yes. I have to be very bold. In oh, girl, you can say whatever you want here. Yes, and it's this thing that when you are a leader, you need to think because you're thinking about people. Yeah. Um, you lead. So you need to make sure that you are releasing your shit, however you do that. Yeah. You know, Take care of yourself. Take care of your emotions. Let it out. Not on yeah. your people that you're leading, but get the support that you can think well. So yes. that you can lead and, and to have this part of feeling and showing emotions. You yeah. know, I have no, I mean, not today, but I have goosebumps when you were sharing your story and I have goosebumps all the time. And usually I cry when I tell my story and that's mm -hmm. okay because yeah. it's like, we are all humans here. We are all in this together. We're going through this and it, you know, we don't know what's coming next. And so we better release the stuff that gets in the way of us thinking well about what the next steps are. And this is by being human, by releasing, you know, and I love children because they show us how they release. If they have they something, do. let it out. Mm. I'm not saying that leaders should let it out on their people. No, but that they have time for themselves where they can have a safe space to let it out. Oh, so I love that. Totally. And I think, you know, that's, Sorry, sorry. Yeah. sorry. What I was going to say on that one was, no, 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 I just wanted to make sure we get that because I talk about that, which is curating safe spaces. And you're absolutely saying that the importance of one of the reasons to curate safe spaces is so leaders can get it out, can have the space to not churn on this, not hold it in because we know that just becomes like this thing that, bottles up until it spreads and it's kind of not nice when you've got stuff in you like you've been talking about, right? It's got to come out somewhere. And so in that case, curating a beautiful safe space for leaders to be able to do that is so important. Yeah. Once you've done that, then what? You were just about to say. Well, then then you can hold space for the people yeah. you need because they were stimulated too. They're like gonna attack you more. They're gonna flip out more. They have more feelings more because even, you know, I always say, even the people who deny about the mask and deny the COVID, they're fucking freaked out like hell. That's why they're creating the shit in their head. So yeah. Everyone freaked out in their own way. So, but in order to handle them, you know, as a leader to handle all this crazy shit from people because they're also re-stimulated because <laughs> it's a re-stimulating time. We need to have space and time for ourselves in order mm -hmm. to do that. Otherwise, we can't think well, you know, and then we get very judgmental and then it's hard to lead. <laughs> so you as a leader, mm -hmm. 
how hard has it been over the years and as you continue now to stand in that vulnerability? Well, it's a new way of me, I tell you. <laughs> right? It's like there's no wall, kind of. I have to release when I have to release, you know. When I have feelings, I let it out because otherwise I have a panic attack because that's part of post or I don't want to feel the panic, so I rather release and then I come back to it. Vulnerability can be used against you, but the way I do is I prepare people, okay? So say let's say I'm showing some vulnerability, then I explain what I'm doing or why am I showing it or why I'm having these feelings or why am I doing this. So it's like I'm preparing people that I'm having feelings because most people freak out and other people have feelings yeah. vulnerability. So you can prepare people for that. And then they love you even more and have more understanding for you because then you became human and not this authority figure, you know, this up on the pedestal. So I think showing vulnerability and preparing people that you are vulnerable and that you're going to show that mm. makes them absorb it more. And then they feel more vulnerable to show their stuff too. So then it's yeah. easier to do for you. You know what I mean? It's like when you create when you create that space, it gives permission for others to be able to see, hey, this is okay. This is good. In fact, this is really healthy and beneficial when we get this out and are able to move through it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, problem, the biggest problem that we're dealing with as leaders is the packs. You know, I mean, I had like I've been doing some viral testing of marketing and videos and doing all kinds of campaigning and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating. I mean, when you have a million views, so I had this one video was uh, 17 million views for a video. And then, you know, you get all kinds of bots or crazy people or yeah. and there's this attack thing happening, too. There's lots of good stuff, but there's also attacks happening. So you have to make sure that you create a safe space for yourself, you know. So let's uh, talk about that a little bit because, you know, when you're willing to stand up and stand strong for what you want to as your values, what your beliefs are, which you are, by the way, very, very good at doing this. And you just got to know that there's going to be some backlash where there's some people that don't like it some people who are probably going to say something, you know, not nice. Do you have strategies or do you have ways in which you deal with that? Yeah. I usually work on it. Like if something really pisses me off, yeah, get really fucked up mad about it, yeah. that's something where I need to grow. It's just like a mirror, you know, like what exactly made me so mad? So I'm actually taking it and then I work on it and, you know, question it. Uh, I, I use some stuff where I question what really is behind why am I really mad. And then yeah. usually lift. And so it's more actually if something really bothers me a lot, then there's some growth for me in that. So I can be thankful about it. As long mm -hmm. as I know I have a safe space where I can release emotions around it, I'm fine, you know? Yeah. Another and I think that's so good. I just want to say on that one because... We just got to know that this is part of the journey if you're willing to stand up and be vocal about it, like have a voice for it, right? And I think that that's so good. So create that space where you've got the outlet that you can then work through it. How do you do that in a public way, working through it? Because I think, you know, many will go delete that, but I actually don't delete things. I use them to teach or to go, hey, that's okay because... 
you know, one of the things I talk about is that we've got to be willing as leaders in this new need of, you know, this new approach to leadership is to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I think that this is one of those moments where how do we be comfortable with the uncomfortable? Do we just ignore it when we get these comments on public spaces? Do we just work through it in the private ourselves? How do you deal with that? And was, I know you've got some more strategies you were going to say around that, but I'd really love, I think that that's an important thing to hear how others are doing it because I know personally for myself, I use those comments. So I don't delete them mm-hmm. unless they're absolutely just, you know, just disgusting, like not human kind of comments. But yeah. if it's just because they disagree and they're, they're cranky about it and, you know, it's, you know, something, you know, they're not saying it in a nice way. I don't ignore that. I actually bring that into a conversation and I try and find out where that's coming from. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way I do it is like if I'm too stimulated to communicate to that person, I will not communicate to that Which, person. Which, by the way, can be a safe thing to have as a guard there. <laughs> well, I work on the shit and then I might go back to that person and communicate. Okay. When I can actually think, this is again about if emotions are up because of the whole environment, whatever is going on is everything is anyway heightened. So a little something blows you up. Well, take your time, work on it, figure it out, counsel on it, whatever, let it out, figure out what it really bothers, what's really underneath it that bothers you. Maybe you need to work on your shit and look at it. That's the mirror. And then you go back and, you know, communicate to that person about, but unrestimulated and then the conversation can be hold on a completely different level I think Mm. you know and if you haven't finished that work then the next person will come with the same shit in some other form (laughs) so true so true don't worry if you haven't learned this lesson yet there'll be another lesson there'll be another one there will be another one yes but it but you know but the thing is though the danger for leadership right now is to not have each other's backs too. Yeah, like, so true. Um, because I've seen leaders being attacked in their groups and I've tried to stand up for leaders where I know there's completely clean intention. Mm. And um, it's important too that they need to feel, because when you're a leader, you're very isolated. Leading is isolating, right? This is why it's so great you have these calls and you're reaching out and because we leaders, we just basically do our thing and we lead yep. an isolating thing. And so uh, our responsibility is not only about leading people, but to have each other's backs. Yeah. To be there for each other in that isolation. How do we do that better? How do we do that better as leaders? Yeah, that's a good question. That's mm. a very good question. Well, number one is I think you're doing it already. I mean, you're bringing people daily together and you're streaming it out and you have, you're just doing it. Boom, 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 boom. You're getting people out of isolation. How to do it better? Well, maybe there's another new form of collaboration because things are not only about money anymore (laughs) because you can't buy anything. I mean, I'm in lockdown. (laughs) Sorry, we can't go and spend it. Oh, we can online, but you know. who are online all the time, we go, I don't really want to have to shop online as well now. So, you know, less things. <laughs> I mean, it's true though. It's like consumption has completely changed the way we consume. Yeah, and so, so uh, true. 
to think about us leaders in the sense of reaching out or mm. you know saying hello or i was checking in with some how are you doing and just listening giving them listening time if i'm good if i'm taking care of myself really well with my routines i have great attention and this is what we need as leaders a little bit of attention safe space and a little bit of attention please <laughs> we don't know that sometimes because we're so much in isolation but yeah. this is what we really crave for so i reach out and even if when they're far away or you know i'm checking in how are you how are you doing and i think that helps and then also standing for people who are being attacked as a leader. Yes, I think that's one of the best ways we can have each other's backs. Very much, yes. And trying to create an understanding about leadership, you know, because... It, it, and even when people are being crushed and you can see it as a really public space, behind the scene reaching out to them, hey, just want to send you some extra love today. Yes, yes. I'm here for you if you need to have a cool yes i think that's even if, even if you disagree with what's happening and what they're saying i yeah. still believe we've got to have each other's backs yes and i well, think that this is a this is not the way that it's been done in the past i'll mm -hmm. have your back if i agree with you mm -hmm. yes it's true it's but true. if we are to see humanity as stakeholders first at the table mm -hmm. then we have to see there is another human who is going through a difficult time right now. Yes, that is true. And I think that is part of this new approach where we are not just going, hey, I'm going to now just have at this table people that all look like me, sound like me, feel like me, and are going through the same things as me. Yeah. yeah. Because that is not going to change or bring that change that we're talking about that is needed, right? So for that to happen and for us to have each other's back doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, agree with 100% of what you're saying, believing and doing. But as a human being, boy, do I have your back 100%. And I think that's not the way it's done, but mm -hmm. it's the way to do it going forward. You know, and I, I think that you hit it on an, the nail on the head because, for when I was, you know, the nomadic CEO around the world, traveling in and out of cultures, I gained a lot of insights. And you know what? The one insight, the one thing that I was starting to write a book about, that was isolation. Mm. I saw isolation affecting, and in that time I was saying leadership, but I was saying beyond leadership. Actually, and this is literally the words that I was saying, I felt it was an epidemic that was hitting across humanity mm. how crazy is that and then we go in a lockdown and isolation becomes the big thing but I saw that way before it became this oh everyone hates isolation or whatever da, 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 around isolation it is such a destroyer and the thing from all my work my insights the solution that I felt was the solution was collaboration mm. and we cannot collaborate if we don't have each other's backs that's true that is so true. And here's the other piece. I don't know where collaboration has really been successful and leadership. Like I see pockets of little bits of collaboration. Mm -hmm. But as the actual fundamental of a company, of, you know, the thinking, it is really hard to find. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, and then I'm, kind of became a mission of mine to go, well, okay, if there's not one and I need to do that, what can that look like? How can we collaborate? What does that need to look like for it to work? Because we know if I truly believe that is part of the solution, then now how do I ensure that I am leading the way in being able to create something that is all about collaboration? Yeah. Any well, thoughts, insights around that? My thoughts are I've been on TikTok a lot uh, because I've You have. I saw, I saw a little post of this little TikTok. I go, she's game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I watched the whole development in the States, you know, all the uprising, wow. all this, and the, and the kids were sharing and these young kids. And I have to say, through watching them, I saw the new form of leadership and collaboration. These young kids, they have that. They have this, this they collaborate together. Mm. They together. They have some strength I haven't seen in this Generation C, I mean. So tell me, what is that? What are the things that we can think, oh, let's take that and use that? Well, basically, they they will lead or work together, and they would die for each other, and that's a strength. Mm. I mean, I saw these videos of these kids, and I was like, I was reminded of you know the Berlin Wall coming down when mm -hmm. we were on the streets and we were on the underground, and it was just like, damn, these kids, they have balls, they yeah, right? Balls. They were like out there doing their thing and it was very inspiring. I got really inspired by this young generation leading the way that we can learn from as an older generation. Okay, so uh, what are we going to learn from? Tell me more. See, to me that backs up my whole thing of your vision needs to be so strong and take people with you with that vision on your journey. What are some of the other things you would say from that? Let's pull from that. Well, let's pull from it. Well, in the sense of that the kids were, they were so connected with each other. Mm. They didn't care if they're going to die for the cause that they're going to go for, no matter so what. That it was. connection, the tribe, yeah. the, the, I'll do whatever it is because yeah. I've got yeah. others coming. And there is, and there's a collaboration of we need to change something and we're going to stand up and have each other's backs. And that was very inspiring. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and that that I have never seen this kind of strength in young. I mean, young people are strong, but in the sense of to this degree, <laughs> I was yeah. I mean, really impressed by it, and I was blown away by it by that force that they have. So let's go there because I so want this in the new approach to leadership, and I think you talked about the crusty leadership. Part of that is there was a leader that was telling. And if you agreed with that, then you went with. Mm -hmm. Now, that's very different to what you're talking about right now. And, yeah. in fact, what we're seeing because of the challenges across the world in many nations, as we're seeing right now, that, you know, that these challenges are actually bringing division, not collaboration. Well, the thing is leadership is, I mean, I see leadership, it's like it's not really that you're leading. It's more like you're thinking about people, how they become leaders. This is how love I that. I love that. Mm. So, and there is no hierarchy, you know, I'm above you. Oh, <laughs> what is with that? What is with that? 
Yeah, but it, it's just number well, that's ego ego feeding, you know. Like, but you know, we go seriously, in. seriously. I've, I mean, I've had the privilege, and people will remind me of this, of sitting at tables with former presidents from countries and nations, and it's closed doors from anyone else because, like, if anyone knew that we were all meeting in the same place, it wouldn't be a good thing. Mm -hmm. And you know, I had the opportunity, say, to be at that table where we're talking about forward leadership and that was the whole lens in which we were having conversations around. Now, people go to me, you're crazy. Like, how do you have those conversations? Because I can do the same thing with the children in the beautiful villages of Fiji mm -hmm. and still be just as comfortable because I go back to this first thing, which is mm -hmm. seeing humanity as mm -hmm. stakeholders. There is not any levels in humanity. The one thing we've got in common is that we're all humans and we're on this race called life, this journey ahead, and that kind of puts us all at the same space. There is no, I mean, some of these, I have to say, some of these leaders were phenomenal leaders in their own rights, but I saw them as humans that had this amazing vision, mission, that they stood beside and they'll do whatever that takes to get there. And because of that, they're just like every other human having an everyday conversation. And I think that as long as we keep putting it as the hierarchy thing, then there's this whole authority piece that comes into leadership that is often, by the way, you know, not treated with wisdom. Mm. You know, and in fact, has huge consequences because people use authority in the wrong ways. Yeah, very much so. But it's old way of leading, I think, at the crusty leading. Yeah, because yeah. I think when there is a hierarchy, there is no growth. Because the, I mean, you have to be at the level that people are with you, right? Because then you can lift them up. I mean, if you're above that. So, so why have we had it this way? And if we were to do it different, how do we do that differently? Well, leading. Well, um, the important is that when you lead, to make sure that you, how do you say that? That you really respect people's thinking. Um, and But you have to have attention for that as a leader, right? So when people feel respected, Number one, they want to follow you because out of that respect that you bring them, they bring respect back to you. Mm -hmm. They're reflecting you. I mean, it's really like this. I mean, the people that you lead are your mirror, right? <laughs> so what do you want the mirror to show? <laughs> so this is... Um, I was just thinking, you know, I've heard complaints in the past from, you know, clients who go, I don't like who I get to work with. And I'm thinking if you use that as the lens of what you're just saying right now, hmm, I wonder if those people were, and I thought about it and I'm thinking, yes, you're right. Most of those people aren't that nice to hang out with themselves. So, you know, it's yeah. so true. And I think so true. What is most important is that you know people's oppression. That's a strong word. But mm. or like you know people's struggle. Let's use this word. Oppression is heavy. But I like, I like it. I don't mind the heavy. We can go heavy. So like if you know the oppression that the person is dealing with every day and you acknowledge yeah. that, that and you have an understanding what they're dealing with every day, 
then you can lead because that brings also an understanding and space for the person to grow. If you have no understanding mm, about that, so you can't lead them. You know, you can do whatever you want, but you can't lead because you have no bandwidth or understanding mm. of what they're facing. So how can you lead them? How can they follow or trust you? So, so as, as our as leaders, we need to know the oppressions that's hitting every person that's in front of us. That's our responsibility. As and then it comes down to what I talk about, it, where there needs to be an awareness, right? Yes. How do we increase our awareness? Well, if this is true. If we need to be able to have more awareness, mm -hmm. understand different oppression and, and be aware of what that is, how do we do that better? Well, number one, you have to work on yourself because, you know, if you're yeah. not aware of it, you have something running. <laughs> You have to get it so true. I have to look at it. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, some people start feeling guilty, and I'm like, well, but you have to look at it. It's okay. It's your human. I mean, you're born into this society, so shit's coming at you, and, yeah. and you're picking up the shit, and now you have to learn how to figure this out. But now that you've grown up, you can look at it. You can look at what people are struggling with, you know, as a person of color versus a white person, yeah. a woman versus a man, a gay person versus a straight person, right? Or a, a working class versus a owning class, right? Mm -hmm. If you know these oppression or religious or whatever is going on and whoever you're serving, you need to know who's in front of you and what they're struggling with. And then you be a great leader because you have some bandwidth. You will make mistakes, you know? Mm. Um, I will still make mistakes and that's okay because we're human, but we're working on it and we become better leaders from that. And I think that's the new leadership that is needed. And you meet a lot of old crusted leaders and you can tell, well, <laughs> you need to do a little work, you know? Let's help you or maybe you're yeah. still Start working on it. Because or find some other vocation. Yes. <laughs> Just say. So, okay, cool. I get that. We create awareness. So for you, what does that mean? When you say oppression, what are you facing on a daily basis or or have to keep working through yourself? Well, oppression in the sense of, for me, now I have to work on how I, like, for example, I'm German, right? So I, I have noticed problem. that. <laughs> you noticed that, right? Good. Well, Germans have tendencies, you know, and you have to look at that. And you I have noticed to that too. <laughs> you did? Oh, my God. So you have to look at your shit. I have to look at my anti-Semitism. I have to look at my... You know, the things that are running because Germans like to run things and have these, you know, over the top kind of a trying to run the world kind of a thing that's in us. It's just in it. So these things I have to work on and that's okay. Yeah. But I'm acknowledging it, you know. So, and I think that's the key, right, is the acknowledgement, the ownership. Yes, the ownership. Yeah. yeah, which is what I would say is the next fundamental. I think there's four absolute fundamentals to leadership that you then build out on, right? And these are just lenses, lenses in which to look through. And one is awareness. And the next one is ownership. The next one is change. 
So now that you're owning that, how do you change what you're doing so that you can bring sustainable solutions to the table? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in your case, what are you doing? Well, I wasn't finished yet. And then I have this thing of oh, racism. I have racism running. <laughs> Mostly all the time, you know, because we're living in a society that's built on it. So the interesting part there is when I say that to a, mm. a white person, white people get really scared. There's a lot of, I mean, just it. there's growth now. It's happening from this Generation Z that started it. Mm-hmm. Thank God for them bringing that in. But the racism runs for leaders, which is very important, is speaking order. And that's a very important thing for me in the mm-hmm. sense of, yeah, white people and white males speak a lot, <laughs> speak all the time. They don't need a little encouragement. They will start bombing away. <laughs> it's true. So, I have never thought of that, but you're right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, they don't need much encouragement. That's no. right. So to as a leader, when you lead people, to know why certain people aren't quiet, why mm-hmm. is that? And to really learn about that and to understand that and making sure that they have a voice, that they are able to have a voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and this awareness, this is needed when you lead, even, I mean, speaking order in the sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have always in my teams that I have, I have speaking orders, you know? Wow. Yeah. And hmm. that creates a balance. And that's interesting. And that's a good balance. Everybody feels comfortable. Hmm. And so it's our, not comfortable in the sense of, oh, I'm comfy. No, but in the sense, everybody starts to relax and starts to work better together, right? As a leader, it's important for me to work on my shit around oppressions. And then I'm available and more aware of what's going on with my teams, with my people that I lead, and I have more attention. And that brings more trust and it brings more movement, actually, for everybody. Love that, love that. Yeah. This is the... (laughs) So this is kind of the thing that we need to work on as leaders. I love that. But it's not about me telling leaders you have to work on this. No, no, no. It's more like my responsibility for myself, you know. Mm. I would never run and say, oh, you have to work on your shit. Maybe I would say that. But like. (laughs) I was going to say, I think you would say that, actually. (laughs) Let's get real here. Let's conversations at this point. No, I love that. And one of the things you said, and it's so important to me, and this is where I think humanity has, as stakeholders at the decision table, we have to see humanity first, bring your distinctions. And I want those distinctions at the table because those distinctions are going to give us different flavors to look through different lenses. That's so much greatness. And here's the other thing about that. When you see humanity as stakeholders, you give voice. What is it that you're working on right now that you want to give voice to that is really important to you? Well, I mean, right now I'm working on the Zepsis thing because I experience in the hospitals or with doctors or even not with my family, but they had no understanding what was going on with me. And so what happens is they don't believe you. Yeah. 
So, you know, because they don't understand what's going on for you. And yes. so I think my work now is to bring, I mean, they launched yesterday in America a sepsis registry, national registry. Wow. And I want this for Europe so that people can be treated better, that there's protocols. And, you know, it, it affects also COVID long haulers because COVID long haulers have the post-sepsis syndrome because, you know, you, from a virus, you can have sepsis because if the virus takes over, then you have sepsis symptoms. So this is all things that we need to look at and support people with, you know. Mm. And so I want to bring awareness to an education so that people don't have to hear, I'm, I, you know, I'm feeling like dying. And then the person, the nurse tells you she can't help you because she doesn't know your symptoms. And the funny thing is I cried the first time I read it. It's on a pamphlet from a Sepsis Alliance. And it says, you know, one symptom of sepsis is that you feel like dying. And when I thought, I cried because then I understood, yeah, I wasn't crazy. I actually no. felt like this and people didn't believe me. And nothing yeah. is harder when you feel not people can don't understand you or believe you, you know? Oh, that's so true. That's a hard oppression to deal with. Not oppression, but a hard struggle to have. Mm. So that's what I'm going to try to do, figure out to build a big platform so that I reach a lot of people. I started Beautiful. putting out a big tweet yesterday, putting our health minister in our European... Watch, watch out Europe, watch out. All the, all the sepsis alliances and sepsis uh, foundations, the, you know, like wow. start to move and they're trying. But I think with my marketing skills, I can, you know, grassroots skills. I can <laughs> but I love that because now you use what was something that you had a passion around at one point yeah. and, and it was good and it achieved what you needed to at that time. You now go, I'm going to use that skill and bring it in with this passion of actually these are the footprints I'm leaving behind, my legacy, and how do we make this happen? What if people want to come on that journey with you? How do they best get hold of you? Uh, they can just Google Sepsis Survival. I'm building the website right now. It's not ready mm -hmm. yet. I, mean, I just started 14 days ago. Yeah. <laughs> But I got the .com and I got all the social media. I mean, you can Perfect. go and you find me on any social media outlet under sepsis survival and mm. you connect. And well, the other thing is about sepsis. It needs humanity, you know, <laughs> more medical, blah, 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 blah. You know, we had to deal with that in the hospital. As mm. a sepsis survivor, it's like we need the humanness of it. And that's what I want to bring into this. So maybe if someone's got a story around it, they can reach out and maybe yeah. that would be helpful, right, for you to have more stories around it and how people have worked through that and, and build on that. That would yeah, be a great. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting a show like yours. Like Fantastic. There you go. So uh, well, you set know. up my streamer today, so. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. We love that. Okay. So one of the things that I do ask on every one of these conversations is because, you know, I think one of the things of these conversations is that it creates an awareness. And uh, like we've talked around today, and I love that, and an awareness that really starts within us. And so from our conversation today, what is something that you're going to take on board? You're going to 
maybe you've thought you're going to think more on whatever that is. What have you got from this conversation? Well, I think when you shared your story in the beginning, mm. like uh, when you had COVID and you didn't know you're going to make it and you were reaching out to people and you were like, you didn't want to die in the hospital. You wanted to die at home. That's yeah. one thing. You reminded me of my grandmother. She had cancer, lung cancer. She decided she wanted to die at home and I was like totally fine with it. And I think to have these strong boundaries about how you want it to be no matter what oh that's so good it's very powerful you know and very it shows your strength and i think that's what i want to like in the sense of my life and my death no matter yeah. when that is or what it is but these are my boundaries <laughs> these are my rules and this is how i'm gonna get through this and either i die here or not but or I live here or not, and it's my way of living. And I, I think that's it. very inspiring when you shared that. And I think you should share it more. Like that's okay. really, that, it, it really just moved me, you know? Like, mm -hmm. um, you shared that. Thank you. Uh, and, I think, and this is again the humanity, you know? Like yes. the that happens to us, and that happens to everyone right now you know, in some form, either they lose somebody or they get sick or whatever it is, a disaster of economics or whatever. And so this is the part that we bond in. And so when we share these struggles- It's that connection piece that you were talking about, right? Yes, that's what we need. And that's what we're all craving, this connection part, because we're all struggling right now. And so that's good that you're sharing this. And I think it's important for us to show all our humanity as leaders at the moment because everybody is struggling. Yeah, right? I totally agree. that, And it doesn't matter where you're on the journey, there is going to be some challenge, some struggle, some difficult time that you've got to get through, right, and out the other side. So I totally get that and I love that. Thank you. The thing that I've got from this conversation is your reminder of young people and mm -hmm. the thinking behind that and just you know you you put a lens on and I, the reason i kind of dived into that more was because i was really interested to see what you had learned from that and i'm going to take those things and it just feels like almost those are great examples of great collaborations and i want to pull apart how that works and you're so right about tribe and you're so right about people that have their backs you know the I, I've got young girls and they're very much into their friends right now. And the reason they're into their friends is because that's their tribe. That's, the, that's who they're, you know, and they will do anything, have each other's back. They do things like TikToks and they do things like, you know, YouTube little shows and things like that because they do it together and they build out on it. And I think how much more powerful can we be as leaders when we get that connection piece right and from that connection piece we then build out into how can we collaborate and you know a lot of my work is built on this but I think just having a different lens and seeing I don't know it's kind of like I talked about I put hope on here and I just feel like that's a piece of hope for our future it's a piece of hope knowing that it can be done and it can be done well and we're seeing it in that generation. And the other piece of that is, 
I, you know, I, I do an annual global human intelligence forum and I, I say I do one, I've done one, I'm doing it again this year. And so it's an annual thing. But I have to say there was a moment in there that I put on a panel of particularly young people and particularly, and then one of those young people being my own son who has special needs, as you know, Ethan and giving him a voice and i think that is so important that we continue to realize that distinctions at decision tables can look all shapes sizes colors and so that was a beautiful you know in genders whatever like that was a beautiful reminder to keep remembering to look through different lenses to create awareness so i really thank you for that and uh, appreciate that. If you were to leave someone with something today, what would that be? What would that be? Hmm. Just fucking live your life to the fullest. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I think that's important to just have the whole range of emotions and let them out and live them. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> and girl you do that so well you do it so well you know you radiate this you do too girl you do too i was watching you when you were doing your program i was like oh she's going man she's going <laughs> I love but you radiate as a leader and i think this is important that and you radiate because you are so you've got this in you you've been through this experience you know the power of when people have your back you know when people are educated that you will get the right diagnosis and you'll get the right resources and tools to help get through that you radiate this i don't know just this i think wisdom is what i say because i think there's some wisdom that you're taking into your work now that I love from what you have done in the past, what you've maybe done not so right and you're learnt from that. And then with just even your cross-cultural, like I know when I last saw, you know, saw you, you were still living in America at that time and then you moved back to Germany. And just the wisdom that you take from being willing to step into many different pockets of life I think is now coming out of you so much and I love watching that and I'm excited to keep continuing watch that unfold and girl I got your back I got your back oh I got your back too girl <laughs> yeah thank like you for serious. having me you're so very nice. welcome and for everyone that's been on here today make sure you do share this if you love this and just a disclaimer, if you've got children, put headphones on when you listen to this. No, just kidding. But, you know, because there may be some words in here that are not quite the words that your children might want to hear. Um, just, I'm just staring. Um, it's okay. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. My kids go, don't worry, we've heard it before. And not so much for me, but there is another person in my house that may use lovely words like that so much. Um, so we're used to it. I just always laugh when I hear that as a disclaimer on some podcasts and things like that. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to put that in there because I can. So anyway, there have been amazing golden nuggets today. So much like we've gone deep in so many different rabbit holes. 
and come back out of them. And, you know, like I just see so much of the lenses you've used, the learnings that you've used to really cement a lot of the things of uh, the new approach to leadership, not the crusty approach, the going back to the fact that the importance of curating safe spaces, having each other's backs. What are some of the other things that were really awesome to that we're dealing with uh, that you have to know them as a leader? The yes, definitely. The challenges, the struggles. And then not, oh, the other one I thought was really awesome was the fact that, you know, if you are going through those struggles and those, and you've, you're really angry, that maybe don't do that online, maybe go and deal with that in a safe space, then when you're ready to, and if that's appropriate, then come back in and work with that, but to only do that when you're in that right space for that. I thought that was a really good point. Any other ones I've missed? You're doing great. You did great. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> for those that are listening, those that are listening to the replay, if you've got it, share it. Awareness is so important and the only way we can gain awareness around the things that we've talked about today is if others will share it out there because there's only me and there's only you and yet there's zillions of other people and if we keep sharing that, then others are going to hear about it, right? Right. All right. I'm going to end this broadcast, but don't you go away because I've got a few things to talk to you about. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Big love to the world. Ciao, everyone. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.